0: We continue with the theme of unity as proclaimed by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Today we look at the finished work of Christ as the basis for the unity composed of incredible diversity. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he preaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Why We Are One in Christ. Now, verse 19 refers to these spirits in prison to whom Jesus went and made a proclamation. After studying that for a very long time, including endless months, it seemed like, um, in writing that, um, that master's thesis, I came to understand these spirits in prison are mentioned several times in the Bible. Bible. <laughs> they are demons or fallen angels they are bound that is they are imprisoned awaiting judgment some demons are bound temporarily and they're going to be set free within the last 7 years before Jesus returns some are bound permanently and the only time they're going to be released is for their their final uh their, their final sentencing at the great white throne they are called In Genesis chapter 6, the sons of God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, they're called spirits in prison. In 2 Peter chapter 4, they are called angels who sinned. And in Jude 6 and 7, they are called angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode. All of those passages interconnect. And like a barnacle attached to them is Ephesians chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 giving yet another description of that. Now 1 Peter 3:22 is the clue to what Jesus did when he went to this place. He made proclamation to these spirits. Now, made proclamation is a crucial word. There's been a lot of confusion about this passage because the King James version Translated it, he went and preached to spirits now in prison. And around that uh, translation has grown up many ideas of he preached to the dead, or you can get a second chance at the gospel after you're dead. Most people don't believe that, but that has come there. That has come. To, that has come to be a belief because of the word preached. There's a word that means preach the gospel. Um, um, for that uh, evangelize, comes from that word. That's not the word here. This is the word keruso, which means on behalf of the king, you make a divine proclamation. You're stating what is, what is so. It's not an invitation to salvation. Jesus went and made a proclamation, in essence, that was a victory speech. He was giving these spirits or these prisoners, these rebels, the absolute assurance that they were not ever getting out of that prison until they would be sentenced to the lake of fire forever. I call it the divine raspberry. He told them, it's over. It's done. There will be the playing out of some things in, in, in human history, but you're toast. I don't think he said that. I don't, I don't know if you can toast a demon or not. There's another place, another reference to this victory over Satan and his demons, also from the pen of the Apostle Paul, also, I believe, alluding to this same proclamation, Colossians 2.15. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, in other words, he defeated Satan and his demons, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Him. So you got the he's and the him's here. This is God having triumphed over these demons through Christ. And He has displayed it publicly. Well, that's not because you and I were there that day to hear Him make that proclamation, but it was in the view of all of the angels and demons of all time. Now, when you go back to chapter 4, verse 10, He who descended... Is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Fill all things is a phrase we've already had in Ephesians, back in chapter 1, verse 23, where it's a reference to all of his blessings and his power to sustain all things as the creator and as the king. All right, you've visited the unreal estate now. Let's get real. This passage has important ramifications for our understanding, our unity in Christ. We can't create this unity. We can only be diligent to preserve it because it is the work of the Spirit of God based upon the finished work of Christ. Let me summarize the events described in Ephesians 4, 8-10 in different words. Start with the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. We start there as the one who conquered death. The gospel is the good news that you can get in on this. You too don't have to be the victim of death. You can be saved from death. And so, the body of the, 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 the salvation that you have in Christ is part of the victory that is secured by Him. And since you are in Him, it's your victory. If you, stow, if you, if you think about what that means then, the body of Christ is where you want to be. It is our identity. We are in Christ. There's nothing more important about you than the fact that you are in Christ if you believe in Him. There is nothing that is second most important about you. That's you. That's who we are. So the body of Christ is the thing that we should want to be part of more than anything else. This is the in crowd. This is the group you want to belong to. And if you were to go over and study that Parallel passage in Colossians chapter 2, especially verses 9 through 15, you'll see that Jesus, there's a lot of emphasis there, has triumphed over the enemies of our unity. We can indeed be one in Christ. We are indeed one in Christ because of the victory of Christ over Satan being a done deal. Now, our text teaches us that having accomplished all that we need for our salvation, He has given us gifts. And by those gifts that He has given us, by us using those gifts appropriately, now we are enabled to live out in practical reality the demonstration of our oneness. It's because of the finished work of Christ that a motley crew like us can be redeemed, we can be one in Christ. We are one in Christ. So in case you need a reexamining of your priorities, let me suggest to you, go right back to the finished work of Christ and what that actually means. You might want to read the great resurrection, resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. After you've read about it and all of its details, and your mind will be overheating with the glories of all that you've seen, you get to the end of that chapter, and it could just as well be right there after Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. Paul wrote this, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, you're beloved in Christ." Be steadfast, immovable. That's like, oh, I don't know. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Be steadfast, immovable. Don't let anybody ever get you to think for a microsecond that there's anything more important than this. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, How am I going to do that? He gave you a gift that you can use, that He wants you to use, that He will enable you to use. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. It's worth toiling over. It's worth sweating over. We're commanded to be diligent to to preserve it. This is who we are. It doesn't get any better than to be in Christ. And we are fellow heirs with Christ. Everything that's coming His way is coming our way. Read everything about the kingdom. Read everything about the new heavens and the new earth. It's all ours because of the finished work of Christ. That's why we are one in Christ. And Let's pray. Our Father, thank You, as we sang, thank You for sending us Your Son, sending us Your Spirit to make us all that You have created us to be in the Savior. Lord, we, we live in a, a busy world, a distracting world. So many things around us would, would turn our eyes, turn our attention, dilute our commitment, we want to be steadfast, immovable by Your grace abounding in our work for Your glory. Have Your way with us to that end. Sweep away whatever needs to be cleaned out. Encourage where there's discouragement. Make us what You mean for us to be in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.